Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 40 of the Bible in 90 Days. Today we begin the Psalms, and I gotta say, this is another of those books you want to read, if at all possible. Now, there are 150 Psalms in the book, so a little bit more challenging to read than, say, the book of Esther, but take in as many of the Psalms as you can. The book of Psalms is divided into five books, book one, beginning with chapter one, book two, beginning at chapter 42, book three, beginning at chapter 73, book four, beginning at chapter 90, and book five, beginning at chapter 107 and continuing through the end of the Psalms. Psalm 1, at only six verses, is a must-read. This opening psalm contrasts the flourishing life of the righteous who delight in God's law with that of the wicked. God's law, in this case, is a reference to Torah, found in the first five books of the Bible. The righteous will endure, while the wicked will vanish away. The final lines, For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Psalm 2 contains two main focal points. First, the nations conspire against God's anointed. Second, God declares to his king, and I quote, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. And then the nations are urged to serve the Lord with fear and reverence the son, or destruction will follow. By the way, the son here is ultimately a messianic reference. Psalm 3, one of those psalms you should definitely read. It's a psalm of David when fleeing from Absalom. In it, he prays for deliverance, declaring, You, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. Psalm 4 is a psalm of David. It's a psalm urging faithfulness to God and includes these lines. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. And in conclusion, in peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 5 is a cry for God's help against David's enemies. These are the concluding lines. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Psalm 6 is a prayer of anguish or lament. We find David is in great distress because of his enemies and is worn out from my groaning. The psalm begins, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. In his deep distress, David cries for God's mercy and intervention, leaning on God's unfailing love. In the end, however, David writes, The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. Psalm 7 is a prayer for vindication and deliverance. Here are a few lines. My shield is God most high who saves the upright in heart. Whoever is pregnant with evil conceives trouble and gives birth to disillusionment. 
Whoever digs a hole and scoops it out falls into the pit they have made. The trouble they cause recoils on them. Their violence comes down on their own heads. And Psalm 8, another psalm to read. It's a psalm of praise to God as creator of humankind, setting them as rulers of the created world. It includes these lines. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? Psalm 9 is a song of praise and thanksgiving. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing the praises of your name, O Most High. And a few additional lines. The Lord is known by his acts of justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their hands. And a little while later, God will never forget the needy. The hope of the afflicted will never perish. Psalm 10 is a reflection on the apparent prosperity of wicked people and then a prayer for God to come to the aid of the helpless. And the author is confident in God responding. You, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Psalm 11 observes that the upright are hunted like a bird, but that God watches ultimately raining fire on the evil. These lines end the chapter. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. Psalm 12 notes that everyone lies to their neighbor and then requests May the Lord silence all flattering lips and every boastful tongue. In contrast, God's words are flawless, and he will protect the needy. Psalm 13, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? These words begin a short prayer appealing to God to intervene. The chapter ends, I trust your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Psalm 14 begins. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are, are vile. There is no one who does good. The psalm notes again that God observes from heaven the actions of people on earth, and that while evildoers devour people, they are overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. Psalm 15 asks the probing question, Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? David then responds, listing the qualities of those who will dwell with God. Among them, blameless, truthful, discreet, generous. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. In Psalm 16, by the way, a psalm you should read, we find David expressing how much he delights in God. You are my Lord. 
Apart from you, I have no good thing. You alone are my portion and my cup. The psalm ends with these incredible words. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 17 is a prayer for vindication. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who are out to destroy me, from my mortal enemies who surround me. May what you have stored up for the wicked fill their bellies. As for me, I will be vindicated and will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. Psalm 18, another psalm you should read, is a celebration of God's deliverance. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man you rescued me. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David, and to his descendants forever. Psalm 19, another psalm you should read is a magnificent reflection on the revelation of God in the natural world, followed by a reflection on the beauty of God's way. The opening lines, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. And one of the lines from the reflection on God's law, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The psalm ends with these words, May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 20 is first a kind of blessing. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May he send you help from the sanctuary. The psalm is also a declaration of God's providence in giving victory to the king. One line stands out. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Psalm 21 is also two essential parts. First, praise to God for richly blessing the king. Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad with the joy of your presence. The second half observes, Your hand will lay hold on all your enemies. Your right hand will seize your foes. This half focuses on God working against those who plot evil. Psalm 22 begins with words later spoken by Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The passage continues. Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. It's a psalm of heartbreaking grief and a foreshadowing of Jesus' grief in his final hours. The psalm oscillates between abject despair and hope. As an example, 
I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. Then a few lines later, these words. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. The psalm's prophetic insight into the struggle of Jesus in his final hours makes it a must-read. The latter part of the psalm ends with great hope. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. The verses following these lines are a robust declaration that all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. Psalm 23 is the most famous of the Psalms, beginning, The Lord is my shepherd. David uses the shepherd as a metaphor for God and the lavish care he experiences. Psalm 24 begins with these beautiful lines, The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world, and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. It also asks the question, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Answering in part, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. The last few verses in the psalm are a triumphant, responsive reading, welcoming the King of glory, a likely prophetic reference to Jesus Christ. And that's all for today.